Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Bell, let me tell you. Here we are a week later, and we're still singing, I bless the rains down in Africa. I, told, I bless the rain. I told you, you listened to it in 2018, and it's like completely different. Well, yeah, because I thought it said kissed, and so... <laughs> Just the it's a whole other song, James, Kiss the yeah. Rain. So, bueno, welcome to episode 29, Vatneuf. Oh, we're, uh, we're one away from 30. Vatneuf, 29, 29. Ahorita, 30. Uh-huh, bueno. Oh. I wish I was almost 30 again. Anyway, welcome to episode 29, everybody. Como está todo el mundo? I'm sure they're okay. I mean, they sound like they're okay. The comments we're getting are nice. Oh, well, yes. I was like, what are you looking into right now that you know how no. people are doing? I'm like, is there, is this like a Big Brother's watching you with a telemonitor? And we're actually super excited about this episode for yes. two reasons. Uh, well, for many reasons. I mean, we're always excited about all of our guests. I love, we love he's trying to backtrack, but we not. We love like... all of our guests, but we're super duper excited yes. about having today's. today's guest, which is Eileen Andrade from Finca Table and Tap, and yep. also um, Amelia's, Amelia's 1931. 1931. And for those of you who are from the South Florida area, you're probably familiar with these restaurants. If you're not from the South Florida area, you should be. Um, yeah, you should sure. come down to Miami just to go, just to, Finca. to go to Finca. But Eileen is great because she really embodies like 
kind of uh, the new generation, new school of like, n- not necessarily because she's Cuban American, but she is certainly a product of Miami, and she's, um, you know, but she. I, I think she's also a, a product of something that we've highlighted across several of our guests, which is that hustle. Yes, you know, it's that. I'm gonna do this. I'm yes. gonna get and out there and, and make a name for myself. Created and she has. one of the most successful restaurants in recent history in, in, South in Miami. Yeah. I mean, this restaurant Finca is such a big deal that we have friends in well, like the we'll, Midwest that we'll get into that more in the interview th- that know about Finca. But yeah. it's 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 a great interview that we yes. have with her, um, and we get to hang out with her tomorrow. Yes, and this weekend is Croqueta Palooza. So. Um, Congratulations to our winners! Yes, uh, for Croqueta Palooza, we're can't super to, duper excited, you guys. I think you know we're fasting because we're going to be well. We're going to be the refs in the cro- well. You say it better than the, I do. The Islas Canaria Croqueta Eating Contest. Yes, we're going to be the refs, but we're also going to be stuff our faces oh, with yeah. croquetas. You think and this flan. fat ass is going to be surrounded by croquetas so, and flan and, yeah. and an open bar? Did you already make the U-Haul? Um, they were out, so I just got a grua. A grua. Just ah, okay. a tow truck. A grua. A grua yeah. will do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everyone, welcome, to, as I said, to episode 29. Yes. And um, today we have a mixed bag of things we want to talk about. Well, you know, who likes a... Monogamous. No. Homogamous. Homogenous. Homogenous. That's a we'll good word. We'll get there eventually, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> homogenous bag. Who yeah, who wants that? bag. So I kind of wanted to touch base on something that's been going on recently with Facebook and okay. now Twitter. Oh, so no. oh, no. Facebook last month suspended okay. Alex Jones for 30 days. Yes. And Twitter I thought now, it was indefinitely. No, it was for 30 days. Okay. But Twitter has not. Twitter just did. Oh. They uh, suspended him for a week. Because literally, like, I think two days ago, that that was what people were saying. We're like, Facebook did, Twitter didn't. Right. Well, now Twitter has as well. Okay. So right now, as we are recording this episode, he is banned from both Twitter and Facebook. Facebook. Now, you know who Alex Jones is? I do. He is the the founder of InfoWars. Yes, sir. Which is, for to sum it up, it's an alt-right, essentially, website. I think that's, I mean, again, in in the interest of summing it up. I wouldn't call it... Alt right. Well, but the alt right tends to. Uh, yes, the alt right does tend to navigate to Alex Jones. I wouldn't call he's it alt right. He's, he's almost a weird conspiracy theorist. Well, no, almost. he is a conspiracy. No, but that's theorist. what I'm saying. It's it's bizarre he because a he's a conspiracy theorist. theorist. Normally, we just call him off as a nut. Right. But no, I mean, just to give you a little bit idea of Alex Jones for for those guys, for you people out there listening who don't know who he is or haven't heard much about him, and we don't want you to go looking it up because it's just going to lead to. <laughs> Alex Jones, during the um, the shooting tragedy at uh, Sandy Hook. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Where, what is it, 16 little uh, kindergartners were... And More children than ever need to die died. Were shot. And obviously, we saw these terrible images in the news, and, you know, the parents of these kids who were killed, you know, became very active against, you know, for gun reform and all that. Alex Jones went on his show and stated that all of this was fake, that these were all all actors. Crisis actors. Yes. Because he also said something similar about um, the kids in Parkland. In Parkland Mm -hmm. and Marjorie Stoneman. But, you know, let's stick to, like, the, the... 
the little five-year-old that was shot, you know? Because mm-hmm. that, I mean, that is like the worst of the worst, right? right? You know? And he said that, yeah, these were crisis actors that... Um, so I figured, did the kids, like, disappear, like, you know, in 19... I'm sorry, in... <gasps> the the Langoliers? No, yeah, or, like, in the in Atlas Shrugged, you know, that they disappeared and they oh, went Atlas with John Galt. You know, like, did the kids disappear, you know? Um, so where are these kids, you know, <laughs> Like that 70, show that you liked that got canceled. Resurrection. <laughs> that I watched for three whole years to find out why the kids were being resurrected and, <laughs> and they got canceled, canceled the before they... So this is the type of person that he is, and right. he has an extremely large and loyal following, and people listen to the stuff he spews out, right. and they take it as fact, and, based you know... Based on nothing. Huh? Based on nothing. Based on that, nothing, that's, right. That's right. the part that... So, the reason I bring this up is, he was banned. Mm-hmm. Okay. Temporarily, so, but banned. But he, he was. Correct, correct. So my question is... Are we infringing on his freedom of expression? I mean, obviously, we've discussed here with the First Amendment. The First Amendment is freedom of speech pursuant to, you know, government intervention. The government cannot, you know, um, retaliate against you or do something to you because you said something that they They don't agree with. They don't agree with. That is real freedom of speech. Obviously, you could be fired. You could have personal repercussions. Correct. you know, and, it's not and an absolute. Facebook, Facebook, and Twitter are not government agencies, so they could pretty much do what they want in terms of, you know, something like freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. But it does beg the question that if you now have a huge company like Facebook and Twitter limiting speech, does that open the door to now having kind of a, a, a police action, if you will, against speech that? is uncomfortable or that is inflammatory well here's the thing i i think this man is vile i think the things that he says and you know fans the flames of are horrible with that said he has the right to say it and granted facebook has the right to say not on my platform Mm -hmm. but the problem is that facebook is a private company but it's not a private platform you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying it's it, it, it touts itself on being exchanges of ideas and things of that nature. And so I, I, I this pains me to say, but I don't think he should be banned unless he is outright calling for violent action <coughs> right. against someone. Um, you know, it's similar because at this point, what it sounds to me almost like we're becoming is those people that I can't stand who is just like, what you just said triggered me and I feel really violated because you said a word that I don't care for and and now I have to go to a safe space under a blanket and eat a cookie, but the cookie has to be gluten-free because gluten is a thing that offends me and that's also my trigger. (laughs) What's sad is others people (laughs) like So it's one of those, like, I feel like by doing this you're giving those dumbasses the you know la razón well I, mean, I don't like I said I don't agree with what this guy's saying but if we're gonna start banning somebody for every time that they are a quote unquote trigger to somebody else imagínate tú ahorita you and I are gonna be banned right but I mean I think it's, it's Which more than that great, right in great company because with the Paul Abdul and John Zacata <laughs> the thing is that he has a lot of people that listen to him and a lot of people that follow him and he is saying things that are beyond inflammatory he's saying things that are just flat out untrue now fair enough now i don't think he should be suspended and let me make it very clear 
I don't like Alex Jones. I think he's vile. I, I think agree. he's a terrible person. I think that what he and you know he probably doesn't even believe half the shit he says. He just what knows he that spills out is reckless and irresponsible. Because I mean, this really gets people going, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of okay. I kind of compare him to the Westboro Baptist Church. Oh, we've never, we've never talked about them, have okay. we? They're great. The Westboro Baptist Cho- uh, Church, for those of you who don't they're know... They're neither Baptist nor from Westboro. Discuss. They, they're hate, they're actually considered a they hate are. group. They are considered a hate group. They're considered a hate group. The, uh, and the, what is it, the, the poverty Yes, thing? and they say that uh, God hates America, God hates Jews, God <sighs> hates gay people. God's they so go. Hateful. They go to, you know, people... What I do love about them is that they're equal opportunity offenders. <laughs> yeah, they offend everybody. Because they'll go to the funeral of a guy who died from AIDS, but they'll also go to the funeral of a veteran. Right. So, they, so <laughs> there's no sacred cows. As disgusting as those people are, as disgusting, and I use a word, disgusting, vile, terrible, disrespectful, they, they are just the scum of the earth. My problem is that the moment you start limiting speech... Who deems what is and isn't. And, and we're not even talking now from a constitutional no, perspective, no, 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 although no. the Westboro Baptist Church did was more of a constitutional issue because they started protesting uh, slain Heroes. veterans, uh, right, right, right. you know, Heroes, veterans yeah, that were killed in, in, in war. Um, they started protesting their funerals and um, mm-hmm. their burials. And then the police kind of was moving them and, you know, moving well, because them. because you have a right to protest, but you can't do it, like, next to my coffin. Right, there's a time in... Uh, <laughs> it, Protesting from a legal and constitutional perspective can be um, bound. It's bound by space and time. So you can be told you can protest all you want, but it's going to be over here at this time. You you still have the freedom to do it. But actually, that was a constitution. That that was more of a constitutional issue because they were kind of diverted. No, you have to go over here and over there. And the Supreme Court held not too long ago, uh, I think it was like three or four years ago, that they had a right to protest. They do. um, But I bring them up because as disgusting as those people are and disgusting, just horrible, I think they are the worst of the worst. The moment I'm always very weary of people's speech being limited because the problem is when you start limiting someone's speech who's the arbiter who's their arbiter and you're it's a floodgates issue yep so you you go ahead and you ban someone like alex jones who i think again is vile i think he's irresponsible reckless i think he's terrible so we're not I, having I could, him on the show next week? No. Okay. I could be an hour saying how what a dick I think he is. He has strong opinions about the guys who played Darren. And so no, because, you Dick know, Sargent and Dick York, that's what he meant. <laughs> no, because, you know, one time I was advised that I uh, am too harsh sometimes with people on when I get my opinions on the show. Fair but anyway, enough, but that's another that comment. you beat our guest. That's, that was another comment. We're still comment. in litigation. Um, you know, if, if you start with him, where do you stop? Absolutely. Because now Facebook... But that's what I was saying, basically, with these people who are triggered by everything. Like, for example, there's a very extreme, let's say, pro-life organization Mm -hmm. that's very extreme, let's say. You know, and Facebook may say, well, we don't agree with the way that they... You're presenting your argument. Presenting your argument and um, express their message. So we're banning their page, too. Right. And that creates a problem. 
Right. I, I think that that is a problem. I don't disagree. So I mean that it's it's a very slippery slope. It's 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 certainly a complex issue because you you know you you don't want to give. Can we put like a disclaimer like they used to put on CDs? <laughs> no, I'm dead serious. I mean, I know I said it funny, but I mean. It could maybe that be a thing where it's just like you know the following content may be maybe yeah you know, maybe right. considered by some people offensive right. or inflammatory or what have you right um, and Facebook is a private company so again they could do that though Alex Jones would probably uh, shoot back and say that they're point you know they're picking on him because of his political affiliations or political views blah blah right. blah 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 and try to make it a first. First Amendment thing, issue, yeah. um, but that's my problem with it. So I, I don't know. I it, it, it's it's like a double edged sword because at a one point you're giving a platform to people not only that don't deserve a platform but people whose opinions. What I, I think, said about the internet? It's the best thing is that I give everybody a voice, and the, <laughs> the worst, worst thing, thing is that I give everybody, everybody a voice, voice. because it, it's not even that you disagree with these people discourse is good Absolutely. a difference of opinions is healthy that those things are good but when you have people like this that's not good but then the problem is where how do you limit it right you who's know, the and, decision maker of good and bad exactly and, and based on what based on what is it mark zuckerberg right <laughs> the right. robot <laughs> right it's like how i want there to be an ugly tax so that we can get rid of the deficit but yeah. who decides what's ugly yeah I feel it should be You know what this reminds equations. me of? You know this it's totally different. Okay. Totally different. Maybe this is something we could kind of sneak in there. Okay. Where you and I were totally at odds. Totally at odds. But this is Pero let me tell you, and we're we talk about everything, both the fun, the fluffy, and the serious. Oh damn it, you didn't go for full alliteration? What? Fun, fluffy, and serious. You didn't keep the F. Oh, because I couldn't think of so, oh, Okay. Um uh, no fantastic, <laughs> no um whatever anyway this, this it doesn't it reminds me indirectly of the time that you and i really had a, a difference of opinion on the issue with airlines charging making people that were heavy set by Pay two extra? seats yeah and you and i remember had a really big difference of opinion on this i don't remember I this but i guarantee we did yes oh we did and i think it's okay no i don't think it's okay if you take up four seats you need to pay for four yeah, seats. Yeah, but my, pr my problem with that was that a lot of these people that were overweight were told they needed to buy a new ticket at the counter. Because well, there's what no a way online for you to put your I weight. Understand. If you put I, online, I weigh 600 pounds, I guarantee you I they're going to make you buy I understand. That. But the problem is that what about when you go get that, you know, you go get on the plane and you go, you know, to the airport and you're told you're too heavy or you're too wide for the seat. You must get another one. You don't have the money to pay another ticket. Okay. And God knows that the rate they're going to give you is not going to be an Expedia rate. It's going to be like the airport rate that's like, you know, a $1,000 okay, to fly to New York. That's fair enough. But I will say something. Uno no es como mierda. You know that if you are over a certain limit on your personal weight, mm -hmm. forget your luggage, on your personal weight... You're probably not going to fit in that chair, right? But it's very so it's when very, you make okay. so when you make gonna, that reservation, I'm gonna, I'm, you should no, take that into no, account. But let me tell you this: it's it's very it's a very hard subject. To, it's a very hard matter to gauge because I I weigh a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you were to put the the amount that I weigh, you would think, oh man, this guy is a beast monster, and I'm not. I don't take two seats. I'm very wide, but I you know I have a wide back, but I don't take two seats. Well, 
Two seats would be extremely comfortable. Oh, but listen, I'll take a row. I'll take a row. <laughs> but the point is that, I mean, I, I could fit right, in a right, seat right, right. fine, right? Especially so if you then, sit near the window like so, I do. And so, or the right, aisle. Right. I prefer the aisle because I like oh, to stretch I prefer my the window so that I can't lean um, on the window. But anyway, so and you now. can't base it on weight because if you base it on weight, so what are you going to base it on? Inches? Fair <laughs> enough. You know what? You know what? Fuck it. You know, look, you can lie to everybody in the world, but you don't lie to yourself. If you own a mirror, you know whether you can fit into a chair or not. I, I I'm think, sorry. I think it's very hard to gauge, and I, I, I understand the argument of people that say, "Well, you know, it's not fair that I'm sitting next to somebody who's, you know, their gut, physically fit. their, their no, gut a, is all over my chair." I'm not, no, no, no. I'm not I talking understand about somebody. I'm not talking about somebody who's like a little overweight and a little pasado de peso. I'm talking about somebody who it's just like you just don't fit in the chair i i know but but the problem is that it's very hard to gauge it's very hard to gauge and it's not always what 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 about if you truly are overweight because of health reasons i i my heart bleeds for you but you're still overweight you still don't fit in one chair no 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 you don't fit in one chair and the thing is just from a just from a business perspective they need to be able to gauge how many seats they have or don't have to sell no i i don't agree with that i don't have well what do you guys think let us know let us know I don't have an issue with it. I mean, I'm not saying to make the person feel like, you know, they're a piece of shit, but I'm just saying, you know what you weigh and whether or not you fit into... Dude, when you... You've been on an airplane. The seats are tiny. No, they are. They they, they are. I mean, even if it's... Average weight people don't people, they're going to feel like sardines. So, yes, I get that... barely fits. I I get that a heavy-set, wide person, they will be uncomfortable, and everybody else on the row will be uncomfortable, but penalizing them, because I feel that that's... You're penalizing them. Penalizing them and making them pay for an extra seat, especially when they get to the airport. Because, coño, what about if, you know, you don't have the money to pay another seat there? So then what happens to your flight? You know, maybe you're maybe you're, you're not flying for leisure. Maybe you're flying for a job or you're flying to go to a funeral or to a graduation, something that's personal, okay. you know? So this person misses ideal. out their flight I'm because... I'm not saying it's ideal, but I'm saying you... Because or, or Beverly or at the counter of Southwest Airlines hey. thinks you're too fat. <laughs> hey, Beverly, Beverly's had her struggles. Okay. Beverly, Beverly at that moment is God. Beverly is God. So you know what, what Beverly says goes. And you better light a candle to the Beverly. Uh, Ponte la faja fantástica. Y dale pa'lante. And, and try pray. To, pray that, that it has what, extra hold. What do you what do you call it? It's velt. Uh-huh. Pray that it has extra hold. <sighs> bueno, I think you were going to bring up something about... So... Guilty pleasures. This is the fluffy part of this the show. This is the fluffy part. Fluffy, yes. fl- yes. frivolous, and fun. There frivolous, we go. Fun and fluffy. Uh, like, so recently, I was listening to uh, the podcast Pop Culture Happy Hour, and they were actually talking in a roundabout way of things that in pop culture that get a bad rap. So it made me think about guilty pleasures, mm-hmm. and I think a part of that is because obviously we're going to be at Corvetta Palooza this weekend. But before we get into that, what did he say on the internet gets a bad rap? Not on the internet, just in like pop culture wise. Pop culture. So they were saying, for instance, how people, you know, had all this hate towards Anne Hathaway. Which I never really knew why. That's that's kind of the thing that they brought up. They're like, okay, so we hate her because she looks like she's enjoying herself and is trying hard to be good at her job. Yeah, like, that's a weird always, reason. I've always seen her be likable in interviews and stuff like that. Things like that. I know, never got that. That people point. just, you know, la cogen con algo la pusieron entre ceja y ceja. Exactly. Between eyebrow and eyebrow. And eyebrow and eyebrow. So, you know, things like that. And I was thinking, well, you and I tend to celebrate guilty pleasures. <laughs> I think our life is a guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is a guilty pleasure for Listen, some, I'm sure. 
We flew to New York <laughs> to, to see the reunion see of the Spice Girls the reunion. Spice Girls. And we went to go see Sporty's solo show as well. Twice. Twice. We've seen Sporty perform solo twice. So <laughs> I think in we two know different what, And we saw glitter in the movie theater. So I think we know a thing or two about uh, guilty pleasures. But I don't know. Like It just got me thinking, you know, in this day and age when everybody seems so like ultra serious about everything and mm-hmm. so like, you know, I've got opinions and this is a trigger. And da, 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 da. Isn't it just fun to indulge in stupid shit? You know what? And I'm just sure this happens to a lot of people. This is something that happens, happens with age. You know, when certainly when I was a teenager and dealing with a lot, a lot of stuff that a lot of people deal with, you know, d- during your teenage years, and I feel even your 20s, because I feel in your 20s, you feel the need to impress. Mm-hmm. You know, your guilty pleasures are just that. They're guilty pleasures, and you don't talk about them, and, you know, you play <laughs> Africa in your car, and you don't want anybody <laughs> to listen to you. Man, we've talked about Africa by Toto in two More than Toto now. has. <laughs> Well, it is the internet's most popular song, that is so true, obviously that's people that's are true. talking about it. It's trending. It's trending. But you know what, though? I will say, I think that's one of the beauties of the fact that you and I have known each other forever, and mm-hmm. our circle of friends, we've been together so long, that even our guilty pleasures didn't have to stay hidden. You know what I mean? Like They did and they didn't, because even Not I, to the extent other people might. No, but even I, to a certain extent... G- Especially when I was in my 20s. More so when I was in my 20s. Because I felt in my 20s I needed to kind of erase my teenage years and my high school struggle. That's when I was really like, oh no. Listen, it's okay. We all found your greatest hits of Laura Leon. Oh, Laura Leon. (laughs) But now, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I love Debbie Gibson. (laughs) I freaking love the Spice Girls. And I don't give a shit what anybody thinks okay I freaking the other day I told you about it I started watching Dynasty like I'm like you know I'm gonna watch this bullshit and I started watching it you know what I don't yeah but now I'm older I'm older I'm almost 40 I was like you know what fuck it if you 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 don't pay my bills whatever whatever judgment or whatever you think enjoy whatever you think of me for liking that enjoy, enjoy. people have already thought enjoy it. and people have thought time and time and time again so you know worse. What? I You're don't really first. care yeah. I don't really care yeah. so you know what yeah yeah <laughs> I listen to Mariah Carey every night before I go to bed and you know what? I don't give a fuck you know I don't give a sorry for the ex- you know <laughs> I do <laughs> underneath the stars young love <laughs> Underneath, that's such a great song of hers. Such a great song. See, this is why we do this. Well, but, but that's, you know, but that's your guilty that, but, that, but that's what I'm getting at. You know, it's like embrace it. You know, what I mean? it's, everybody seems to be so angry nowadays. Right, because guilty pleasures are generally things that are frivolous that you don't want to admit to. Right, but things that are frivolous tend to be things that are fun and lighthearted. Right. right. So why and do we have such a hard time um, embracing you know, that? Embracing that. Yeah. You know, it's like, dude. You know what? Fuck it. I love Melrose Place. I don't care. I would watch Amanda Woodward call Allison a stupid drunken bitch on a loop for 24 hours. <laughs> you know what is a Especially because Courtney to... Thorne Smith could not act drunk. She would always do this weird thing with her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not drunk. You're you know just what? a cotton mouth. You know what is a guilty pleasure to a lot of people? And I've never indulged because, it's, first of all, it's not the type of... I mean, not to sound cool, but it's just not something I'm interested in. But I totally want to read one day, like, a cheesy, trashy romance novel. Like a Fabio, like a bodice ripper? Something like that. Like, like the really cheesy ones, the ones they sell, like, the thin ones. Yeah, the Harlequin novels type Whatever. Right, I've, right, never, right. I've never read one, because, I mean, that's not 
something no, that yeah, I, I've I never read for. one. But I would love to read one just to be like, you know what, fuck it. <laughs> let's, let's start like a Harlequin book club. <laughs> And just read it, you and I, and then we'll talk about it. So what are it. some of your other guilty pleasures? I mean, I feel I should know most of them. The funny thing is, I don't feel like they're guilty pleasures because I don't think I ever went through that, oh, I don't like that phase. Like, I'm you know just always embraced you, about that? You know, you know what I thought about? Maybe you forgot about that. I remember I mean, for one God's time, sake, I, I, was, I, I was with Aqua you. Albums. I was with you, and I went to the Virgin Mega Store, oh. and I really liked that song from Five... Um, baby, when the, the lights, lights go out, and I love the other song, um, the one that was based on "We Will Rock You" yes. by them. Um, uh-huh. and if, if whatever, everybody get down, down now. Five, five will get four, you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. five was a boy band, right. and here I was trying to be all hard. They were British, my, but we thought they were Puerto Rican. Yes, <laughs> here I was trying to be all hard with like my Acura race car and whatever. <laughs> being, I'm like, I'm a hard, tough guy from Miami. And I remember I went to the Virgin Mega Store, and I bought some VHS of theirs, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And whatever, I bought it, and I was with you. And I remember sometime later, <clears throat> our friend in Milwaukee, what we were at my house. Uh-huh. And she's like, Darian, what are you doing with this? And I'm like, um... Like, like if it was um, horse porn. No, I was like, uh, well... <laughs> That's not a guilty pleasure, but we've seen that. Well, there was my life before and after. Uh, that person showed me that clip. And I can't take it back, and I wish I would. You but can't anyway. ring that bell. But I remember that this person, our right. friend in Milwaukee, was like... Oh my god, what are you doing with this VHS of five? And I'm like, um, it was on sale and I just bought it and you're like, no bitch. You I was with you and you bought it and I was like, damn it. <laughs> you you remember, I that? remember that? Oh, you totally called me out in front of her. And especially her, because she's the type and yeah, I know you're listening to this podcast right now. And Man, we love you. We've talked about her. We really have. <laughs> she is the type that she would like call you out on things like, What is that? I remember I don't know, it was guilty pleasures. The year in high school that I had grown out my hair, you know, the this first, like the first time, time I grew yeah, out yeah, yeah. my hair, and I put sun in in my hair, mm-hmm. all I thought about was, like, shit, when what I go back to say? school, this person is going to see me, and she's going to give me so much shit for my hair being lighter. So I made some type of lie. I'm like, oh, that's because I went to my grandmother's pool during the summer. And it, it was like, Lord and behold, the moment I saw her in school, like, the first day, I think it was of 10th grade, she was like, Darian, why is your hair lighter? I'm like, fuck it. Like, Damn it. But, you know, guilty pleasures. Yeah, I mean, I've embr- I have embraced my guilty pleasures. Do you remember the stretchy shirts that I wore in high school? That they were like, well, that's when I started. But, like, you know, there was like, that, they were like how spandex. different are they now? <laughs> that's my point. I liked it. I wore it. Remember the towel shirt that I had? Yes. So, I've always just embraced the you guilty certainly pleasure. embraced it more than I have. But I think a lot of people struggle with it. They do. They do. But I'm, I guess the point of talking about it is to say... Just let it out. Like, what's... You know, again, we're all walking around nowadays. I feel more more angry than before and more... I'm, I'm but, a serious okay, person. And think, it's like, dude, just admit okay, that you like Despacito. Right. But don't you think, though, that a lot of guilty pleasures of coming out, if you will, to coming out of sorts, <laughs> coming out and admitting your guilty pleasures 
has to do with age, but also with the evolution of time. Because, for example... So Guilty Pleasure spi- can become the, the Spice Girls. The, exactly, the Spice Girls. The Spice Girls were cool, then they weren't cool, but now they're cool again because it's been 20 years, right? True. The, the new kids on the block. The new kids on the block were, like, gods. Then they weren't cool for right. a stretch of time, but then they now, now, they, do, again, now yeah. they do a reunion cruise every single year, and it sells out every single year. Right. I told you I went to um, I went to you go saw see them in them, Vegas uh, in, in Vegas, and I saw them, but particularly at the BB&T Center a oh. couple of years ago that they did a show with TLC and Nelly, oh, and they okay. they I mean they filled out the entire arena, and that was a huge arena. Yeah, a arena. And when they came out, like people were you know I was like totally digging Nelly because <laughs> I love Nelly, and of course TLC, <laughs> TLC. Right. you know I was there for them. And the reaction of the crowd was great for All them, right. but the moment that New Kids on the Block came out... It was 1989 it, again. It was like the arena was going to implode. Like, that is... <laughs> and all these women were going crazy over New Kids on the Block. But now it's because it's nostalgic. So don't you think that coming out of sorts or coming to terms with your guilty pleasure has to do with that as well? I think you're right, but I also think that there are people who don't come to terms with that either. anyway. You know, and that's what mm. I'm... That's just what I'm kind of saying, like... You know, there's also those things that we have as our guilty pleasures because we almost kind of like For to... God's sake, you liked Minerva. Estoy llorando por ti. Estoy llorando por cosa. Let me tell you something. That song is fun. Yeah. But I think that's a part of it is like you just have to compartmentalize. Like I yeah. don't for a moment think, oh my God, Minerva was, you know, like totally award-winning music. That she, Why has she not stood the test of times and done it unplugged? Right. <laughs> you know, but... It, it is what it is, and it's fun, and you enjoy it. You know it that and, I've and always move on. Speaking about stuff like that, and like insecurities and stuff, and you know, listeners, please let us know yeah, what some what of your that would be guilty fun. pleasures. Let's know. Let's know. You know, we're we're gonna post something Absolutely. regarding your. You know, what is your guilty pleasure? And let us know and be open about it. We're, I mean, hey, yeah. we're. Um, I just said that I listen to Mariah Carey every night before I go to bed. Well, you know. Actually, you know what? But Mariah Carey's a good one. Actually, that's a good That topic. is a good one. Because I'm going to tell you why. I mean, she's respected. No, but you've known me since sixth grade. Right. Which is when she came out. When we were in the sixth grade, mm-hmm. we were 10 years old. Right. 1990, that's when she came out. Right. You remember that? I liked her from the Vision of Love, the very first song. That first black bodysuit. I was <laughs> in love with her. And what would people tell me at the time? Oh, She's like old people music. She's so adult contemporary. Like, why do you like her? <laughs> ugh, like, oh, like, why do you like Mariah Carey? True. Because you're like 10, 12 years old. Like, right. and you like somebody that's like, like on the light power station. ballads. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, ugh. Then Mariah, you know, changes her image. Oh, she's a slut now. Like, you <laughs> she's like trying her? To be young. She's, she's trying, trying to be young. She doesn't dress, you know, appropriate. Like, Mind you, she was like 30. Ugh, like, yeah, she was like, yeah, 29. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, like, why do you like her? her she sucks. <laughs> then, you know, Glitter happened. Oh. Which, you know what? I love that movie. <laughs> I dare anybody to not watch that movie and fucking enjoy it. Oh, you you um you like her? She's like crazy. Like she totally went crazy because we me get dumped her. Like how can you like her? Ugh. Then then I feel that the only time that I feel the general public was on board with her was, no was um the Emancipation of Mimi. You know when okay, we belong yeah, together yeah. and all I that. I think Charm Bracelet was a soft launch of that. Yes, um because that album like. Everybody, now we're turning into Mariah Carey trajectory <laughs> conversation. But whatever, it's our podcast. I love her and it was meant to happen. There you go. <laughs> but that's when like kind of everybody was like, 
okay, you know, she had been around already at that point, like 16, 17 years. Right. She had gone for a while, so now she's kind of like old school, nostalgic. Right, 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 right. But then when that whole era was, over, was over, oh, now she can't sing. Now she's fat. She lost her voice. You like her. It's like, I've never been able to like her in peace. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, let me like her, and that's my problem. Like... <laughs> I feel that people always have to chime in. Like, why do you like her so much? Well, why do you care? Like, <laughs> That's the point. And also, anybody who... Let me tell you something. If for no other reason, glitter should be in the AFI um, collection. Yeah. Mira, I've watched movies in my life, and I have never seen one movie, not one, mm-hmm. aside from glitter... Where the female lead is seduced by the male lead using a xylophone. <laughs> Una marimba. Una marimba. Un marimbero. <laughs> Wait a minute. How can we be talking about guilty pleasures and you have not brought up showgirls? Showgirls. <laughs> what do we even begin? We have to have like an entire podcast about showgirls. I could probably write a thesis paper <laughs> on showgirls from her inability to finish any of her food to her walking out like storming out, storm out of every scene to the fact that she doesn't so much dance as like stomp around on stage like she a has dinosaur. Like, um, she goes into um, a seizures. Yeah, she's like, she's like epileptic on stage. Yeah. Is what happens. Yeah. How the sex scene in the pool with Kyle, whatever his name is, is totally... My lower back hurts after I watch that. Also, what did Crystal Connors do? What was Crystal Connors? (laughs) Okay, wait, no. no, Because you know where I'm going with this. (laughs) My favorite observation, and for our listeners out there who've listened to, who've watched Showgirls, my favorite, favorite observation that you and I have had about that movie has been... (laughs) We could have had anybody, you know, when, like, you know, because the whole thing of Showgirls, for those of you Quick who haven't seen the movie, um, if you recall, Showgirls was a movie where Elizabeth Berkley, who was known for from Saved, Saved by, by the Bell, Bell this was um, her, her first kind adult of, role. Her first adult role. So what better way to leave your Saved by the Bell Than by getting fucked by Kyle McLaughlin in the pool. Than, you know, being a sh- the movie about a stripper. But the thing about Showgirls is that I think that originally Showgirls was supposed to be, like, kind of like a film noir kind of like it, it, it was supposed to be something and then it went wrong right but, but, but <laughs> I because like I mean when she signed on to do this movie she was still banking on Saved by the Bell so it's not like she well, was yeah. like a Z-list a D-list right, 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 right. And, and from what I've understood it was supposed to be kind of like a gritty Basic tale sort of, right, right of like Vegas you know the Vegas showgirls and, you know yeah that whole thing but somehow it turned into what we have what now. it turned into yeah. and so the whole point of the show is that she, Nomi Malone, who is played by Elizabeth Berkley, her the whole point of the movie is that she, she goes the headline in Vegas from being nothing to headlining. You know, at the it's what was it? All about at the Stardust. At the Stardust, ha- headlining. She, she claws her way up at the and... Stardust. So our favorite scene of that movie, you know, is that she finally becomes the headliner, right? And like the entertainment director of the sand of the, the Stardust, Stardust is like, you know. We could have had anybody for this show. Who is it? Paul Abdul. Abdul. Janet, Janet Jackson. Jackson. But instead, we, we went, went with Nomi, Nomi Malone. Because that totally makes sense. Like, I have so many questions. Did they tell Paul Abdul and Janet Jackson what this show was? <laughs> I, I, let me tell you something. I've listened to podcasts of people trying to d- 
describe the storyline of Goddess, which yeah. is the show in Showgirls. Yeah. I don't understand what I'm saying. So I just realized that it took 29 episodes for us to speak so about Showgirls. Show <laughs> it was bound to happen sooner or later. It was bound to happen sooner. We need to have a Showgirls viewing. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while. Don't you have like the handcuff edition or something? I have a like limited that? edition. Uh, well, I don't know if I still have it. I think I gave it to Rolly when I moved, but it comes with a, a poster of her coming out of the volcano. Oh, and yes. And then you can do pin the pasties on the show, girls. Yes. Yeah. My favorite is when they would air it on VH1 and they would have to digitally <laughs> CGI. C- do CGI her bra and whatever. So. <laughs> Well, I think that I think I think Showgirls is a great place to um, <laughs> transition over transition to our interview. To our interview, you know, it's a great. I mean, because that's the guiltiest of all pleasures. <laughs> that is true, but you know, it's not a guilty pleasure. Is our next guest? Yes, and fantastic food that she prepares. Oh, now I'm hungry. Well, we're always hungry. Now, now I'm hungry because now I'm thinking of that. What is it that? Well, we uh, won't ruin the interview. That the, new the, dish. The dish she that, has. The dish that they took away and they yes. brought the new one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, without further ado, here's our. Interview. interview with Eileen from Finca, and we hope you guys enjoy, and we hope you don't get too hungry, or at least get hungry enough that you could hold it till the yeah, end to lunch. <laughs> to lunch. Yeah. So, here you go. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Hey, hope you guys enjoyed our little intro, and as promised, we have a very special guest here, Eileen Andrade from Finca, and Amelia's, I know there's a year after it, I can't remember what it is 1931. Right now. 1931. So Eileen, we're super excited to have you, and welcome to Pero Let Me Tell You. Thank you for having me, I'm having a great time already. <laughs> Thank you. Now, for those of you who don't know, Eileen has, and I'm I'm going to humble brag for you, so Thank feel you. free to just go with it, <laughs> has what are probably two of the most recognized, most quickly become iconic, I would say, in staples South Florida, staples in of community. South Florida. Um, food really I mean Finca I don't recall the last time I saw a restaurant that quickly become just this you gotta go there you gotta go there you gotta go there and maintain that momentum so congratulations thank on that you, thank and you it's I'm, been a crazy four years yeah, I can't four years yeah, I fe- four years yeah okay I felt like it's been around for ten wow also okay. I'm horrible with time <laughs> but, it, but that's how I'm going to use the word iconic, it feels. You know, it's just, I feel like I've been hearing about it for longer than four years. We have friends from other states who are, who, when they've come to Miami, want to come to Finca. And we've taken them to Finca. Like our friend Juana from Milwaukee, she was like, the the first thing I want to do when I get to Miami is I need to go to this Finca I keep hearing about. (laughs) Uh, I want to check it out. So, but anyway, before we get into like the success of your restaurant, tell us a little bit about where all this started for you specifically as a chef because Finca has a very interesting menu a very different a very interesting fusion of what you find there so tell us a little bit about your background and and how we ended up with what we see on the menu on Finca. A, a Bubba Walters moment. about <laughs> I ween. Um, I honestly, it goes back to when I was 18. I studied fashion merchandising. I went to AI, the Art Institute. Had nothing to do with food. I wanted nothing to do with the restaurant industry. I was like so over it growing up around it, my, seeing my parents become slaves to the business. And so I worked as a, an assistant to a stylist for a few years, and I hated it. I hated the people. I thought everyone was so fake. And I was like, you know what? Let me try this family business thing out. So I started making pastelitos and bocaditos and empanadas in the back of um, La Canaria Bakery, which is right down the street from the one on Corway 137th. And so... And for those listeners who aren't aware, that is your parents' restaurant bakery. I mean, that is... Right. 
the, the quote-unquote claim to fame of, as you said earlier, the family dynasty. Right, the family dynasty. So, yeah, my parents started Islas Canales in 1977. So I've been, you know, I was born into this business. Um, and unfortunately, I tried to escape it, but I guess <laughs> it's part of my blood. Um, once I started working with my parents um, in the restaurant, I instantly fell in love with it. I fell in love with the managerial part. I fell in love with cooking. I fell in love with um, being a part of, like, a team. Mm-hmm. So I opened my food truck shortly after working with them for a few years. Oh, okay. So I had Cuban Cube, and that was um, interesting. <laughs> it was my brother and I um, trekking that 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 truck everywhere for um, seven in the morning to two in the morning. Sometimes it wow. was crazy. It was what I call my culinary school because I did not go to culinary school. Um, we did that for two to three years, and then after that, I traveled a little bit, went to Korea. Uh, got some inspiration there. My mentor's Peruvian. So I've always been in love with Peruvian food. And then obviously I'm Cuban. So I wanted to mix my three favorite cuisines and at least the cuisines I was made, I was well-versed right. in. And that's how I came up with Finca. So Finca is a Latin-Asian fusion restaurant um, focusing on Cuban, Peruvian, and Korean cuisine. And so that's kind of how so, that happened. So prior to this, no cooking experience Prior to uh, working at Isla Canaria, absolutely none at all. I hated the industry. Wow. I'm just going to say, though, the stylist thing took, apparently, because you're wearing a really cute outfit. <laughs> <laughs> I you. mean, she, you can't see her. She's wearing this adorable, like, it's like a fedora uh-huh. and the boots and even your the earrings. Really stylish. Yeah, the earrings look like little screws. Well, I try, I try to justify the crazy amount of money I spent in college. <laughs> and I say, well, maybe when I'm plating my dishes... The way, okay. you know, the way right. I garnish them or the way I plate them has some to, something to do with my <laughs> creative side, you know. And when, you're, and when you when you got into the food industry at Islas, what what made you say, I want to go on my own and go take my own path? Because you could have easily ridden the coattails yeah. of your family and expanded Islas even more and, and gone down that route. I think a lot of people are doing that now with traditional Cuban restaurants where they're taking it to like a more modern level. And I didn't want to uh, step on my parents' toes or my grandparents' toes and say, I'm going to take over and this is, I'm going to modernize this and I'm going to do this my way. I think Isas is still one of the only Cuban restaurants that's still serving Cuban food in, with Cuban flavors and traditional and made how your grandma would make it. Right. And it's not turning into a chain or they're not making it stupid easy in the kitchen it's literally the same old guy for the past 30 years making your motos and it tastes like that so i didn't want to butcher what they have been doing for so long and i said it would be weird for me to take over like a plane not i wouldn't don't let me not say plane <laughs> like a traditional cuban restaurant i said let me do something more my style i like being different i like experimenting and i that's i, I created finca based on where would i want to go if I wanted to go somewhere near my house right now. That like I felt like I was in Winwood, but I didn't have to drive 20 miles mm-hmm. away. So I live four blocks from Finca. Oh, wow. So it, it was kind of like a selfish thing, too. It's like, let me create a place I would like to go to so I don't <laughs> have to go to Winwood. Um, and even on my days off, I spend my days off at the restaurant because it's literally a place I would want to go to. Right. I mean, but that's ideally what you want to do with right. whatever you do in life. Right. You, you want it to be fun. You want it to be someplace you... It doesn't feel like out. work. Yeah. Right. Right. And, right. Well, hence the name, Finca Table and Tap. It's yeah. also a place to go hang out, have a drink. Right. So I, I want to harp on the Cuban, Peruvian, and um, Korean. Korean. Because I feel also, aside from Cuban, Peruvian food is like really popular right now yeah. which is amazing and it, it, and even Peruvian food has so many Asian influences it does, yeah um 
so again, was that just, did you think, okay, these are my three type of food, favorite food, so let's m mesh them together? Or did you find that organically they kind of fit together? Because I would have never thought of putting those three right. together. Um, I first said, let me try this crazy idea out because it did sound even crazy to myself. So I was hosting these dinners at my house every week. Um, and I would just invite like 10 friends and I would start creating dishes and kind of fusing everything together. And people were like, surprisingly, this works. So once I saw that everyone, you know, my friends and my family members enjoyed it, um, then that's when we kind of started doing menu development and we came up with the name and we found the location, which I think is amazing. I love that spot. Yeah. Um, not because it's four blocks away from my house, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it used to be a KFC, Long John Silver's. Yeah. Well, that's what it was. So, yeah. So uh, people always bring that up and we have a KFC on the menu, a Korean fried chicken. Yeah. So it's like homage to KFC, RIP. Um, and we actually own the lot. So it's one of the only restaurants that we actually own. So oh, okay. at the end of the day, I, I, I don't know. I'm just very proud of it. You should be. You should yeah. be. You should Absolutely. be. So... You open up Finca, and I know that the the stats in, in restaurants, you know, a lot of restaurants open, and, you know, they're beautiful establishments, and then they close, and, um, you know, even restaurants that have good food, for whatever reason, they don't catch on. But Finca has been a phenomenon. I mean, it really, really has. What do you think made your restaurant so successful so quickly? Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I think it, a lot of it had to do with we didn't have anything cool in that area. So right. everyone was very excited. We did absolutely no marketing prior to opening. The marketing was the signs on the wall saying coming soon. Um, but I believe in organic marketing. I believe in people just talking about it, letting the food speak for itself, letting the experience speak for itself, and then people telling people about it. Like how you said that people, you know, were constantly, you got to go here, you got to go here. That for me is enough marketing. So as long as we're doing our part as giving you, the, as far as giving you the experience, giving you good food, making kick-ass drinks. I don't know if I can say bad words. I'm sorry. Oh, go um, right ahead. If that's the worst you're going to say, then <laughs> don't worry about it. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. um, I was actually on a I kind of snuck into a podcast that Martha was doing yesterday, Martha of Miami. Yeah. And I said the F-bomb. And then her and Marcella both looked at me, like, in horror. And then I was like, oh, my God, I think I just screwed up any sponsorship you <laughs> may have gotten. Oh, no. so, Drop as many as you want. We okay, can have cool. no sacred cows. Our, our first sponsor is Au Chocolat. Okay. <laughs> so we're good. We may know them. You may know them. Hi, Roger. Okay. So what were we talking about? The success of the finger. Yeah. Um, so I think the Organic. reason why it kind of blew up is because there was nothing cool. And I think the most important part of a business is keeping your employees happy. And we're a huge family there. Like, And when I say family, it's in all sense of the word. Like, we fight like brothers and sisters. We make up like brothers and sisters. 
I spend more time with them than I do any of my friends or family. Um, and I think keeping them happy kind of, uh, they reflect that to to the guests. Yeah. And I think the guests love to see that people are working there and having a good time and they enjoy their job. They enjoy what they do genuinely. So I think it's just like it starts from the top. But when I say it starts from the top, I don't not really the top because I don't feel like I'm like the owner when I work in there. I feel like I'm one of them, yeah, and I think so that's important. so important. And I and I hear that constantly, like, oh, I've never had a boss like you. I'm like, oh, what? You've never had a boss that will do the dishes with you or will take out the trash with you? Like, that's so crazy to me that there's still bosses that are like absentee owners that they're just collecting money. Right. Yeah. And I think that's why Isas Canales is so successful. My mom's still there every day. My mom, I, if I t- say her age, she's gonna freak out. But. <laughs> They've been around for a long time, and my mom's She's still there. She's old enough every... to be your mom. Yeah. That's all you have to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, and my dad th- goes to every single restaurant every day just to check in. So, the fact that we're there, I think, is nice, too. People see that. And you also have, I think, for the experience, reasonable prices. Yeah. Because something I'm always I'm always complaining to him about, like, when yeah. we ever go to one of these, like, kind of farm-to-table restaurants in Wynwood, I'm always complaining, like, geez, this is, like, $18, and, like, me caben una muela. This is, like, appetizer <laughs> size, you know? And you right. have to pay for parking. <laughs> and, right. to, and Finca has, like, good, hearty portions, and it's a very yeah. reasonable price for, for, for what it is. Even the drinks. Yeah. I, I think that goes back to my mom's mentality, my parents' mentality, and my grandparents' mentality, the same thing we've been doing forever, which is value. And that's why people, I don't know if you've ever seen the drive-thru at Islas Canaria, that thing is crazy. Yes. Because people eat dinner from us almost every day because the value, there's value. Right. The money that you're paying is well worth the yeah. food that you're getting. So, you know, we're not looking into what's the cheapest meat that we can saute with some soy sauce, cover up the fact that it's a crappy meat, and <laughs> sell it for $20. No, it's like, where can we stretch it? Where can we get the best, 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 best meat? Where we still kind of make a profit, right. maybe the profit margin isn't as big as other restaurants, but we we focus more on volume. So it's not so much the profit margins; it's we want you to come back. We want to give you a meal that you're never going to forget, that you're going to say this was worth it, and then we want you to come back to the restaurant. Well, yeah, because if you got something cheap, okay, yeah, you made a profit, but you're not there yeah. six months later, right? And <laughs> that person's going to notice that it's yeah. cheap, and they're going to be like, crap shit. It. Yeah. yeah. And crap another, another thing that you've pulled off successfully is the ambiance. Because that is a restaurant, I feel, that when you leave, yes, you think of the food and how good it was, but you think of the atmosphere. Right. Which a lot of times you leave restaurants, yeah, you had a great meal, but the atmosphere had nothing to that do with it. That is so important for me. Lighting, music. I love music. Um, I think the music is so important, and people kind of complain sometimes because we have, like, old-school hip-hop mm-hmm. and, like, rap and crazy <laughs> stuff. And then it'll go to, like, Juan Luis Guerra. Like, it's, like, a, a mix <laughs> that, like, your grandma can enjoy for, like, five minutes and then... Her nieta can enjoy for five minutes, and then we'll have some disco for like the parents, you know. <laughs> the um, parents, or <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so it's a little bit of um, music for everybody. The lighting is so important. I hate like harsh lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, the service, I like to make it fun, nothing too professional, because at the end of the day, we're not fine dining. We just want you guys to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, I have a, a server. If you guys ever go, her name is Jaylene. She's all tatted up, and she will. She made the entire patio of the restaurant do the wave the other night. Like, oh, that's awesome! It was amazing. <laughs> so we just want everyone to have a good time and to leave with the impression of food, service, cocktails. Everything was, you know, up to par. Yeah, that has really come a long way from that KFC. <laughs> <laughs> I used to go to that KFC because my brother lives down the street, and yeah, it's 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 come a long way. Although I'm sure some people probably did the wave at Long John Silver's. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> You know. So, 
I mean, you had all the success with Finca, and now you have Amelia's. Can you tell us a little bit? Because I haven't had the pleasure of going to Amelia's yet. Yes, so we got to get you there. What's the, <laughs> It's on the books, trust me. Um, what is the difference between the two? I mean, if one is Asian fueled, and I know that you named Amelia's after your grandmother. Right. Believe, so right? <clears throat> Finca was actually paying homage to my grandfather because Finca means farm in Spanish and he grew up on a farm. So Amelia's 1931, I kind of wanted to gear it towards my grandmother and she... Is that the year she was born? So you're, yes. putting, you're putting your grandmother's age on I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it had a nice ring to it. Okay. So um, she, when we had our first, or when my mom and my grandparents had their first restaurant here, a successful restaurant, it was called El Teide. And it was 18 bar stools. And um, the restaurant I hear about the most, like from older guests, is that restaurant that they had. What was it and called? And it's El Teide, which is a volcano in the Canary Islands. Okay. And people would say, your grandfather would be in the kitchen. We'd see, like, there'd be a little window. We'd be like, oh, Raul, quiero la palomilla, pero me lo cortas un poquito más grueso esta vez. Or I want it skinnier. Or, or, you know, they would tell him, like, specifications of how they wanted their steaks. And people always remember that. And then my grandmother worked the counter, and she would make the coffees. So when you walk into Amelia's, you'll notice it's mainly countertop. Um, all the decor is very, like, abuelita. Like, you're in your, your abuelita's house. Um, a lot of the decor is actually from my grandmother's house. And um, I don't know. It's a completely different vibe. This is more like date night. Take your mom to meet your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever. Uh, we have live music on Monday nights. So it's a totally different vibe, way tinier. This is 49 seats only. Finca's a monster. Finca's 260. Um, it doesn't feel like that. Or 230, sorry. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel that. It doesn't Finca feel like Because it's separated. Yeah. There's three different rooms, so you don't feel like oh, you're okay. like in a food hall, you know? Um, so yeah, completely different vibe. As far as the menu, it's actually pretty similar. We did do Latin-Asian fusions, okay. but we didn't... We're not going as specific as Finca. So I have Vietnamese wings on there. Um, we do vermicelli noodles, which is also Vietnamese. Um, so we're not I'm being... I'm so hungry now. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> I actually, I didn't realize what the setting was going to be. I should have brought croquetas. I'm sorry. I apologize. Croquetas I would be are, really gonna, good right now. We're going to have our share of croquetas because yes. yes. in, in a couple of weeks, we're going to... Uh, DJ and I are going to be, what is it, judging, refereeing the... Croqueta the, <laughs> the Isla Canaria Croqueta, croqueta. Eating Contest at Croqueta Palooza, which is a Burger Beast event that we're going to be uh, judging at, and you're going to be there. And Super excited. I'm going to have my... I'm, it's like my personal heaven. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I, when I tell you I love croquetas, it's not because you're sitting in front of me. It's just like I could eat them all day, Croquetas all are a gift of God. They are. Someone asked me today, how would you describe a croqueta to somebody that didn't know what a croqueta was? I'm like, it's a Cuban power bar. That's the best way I to like that. the <laughs> best way to describe it. It's a Cuban power bar. It gives you all the energy you need in the day. Maybe like a little shot of cafecito to help. That's <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. So no, no. So I'm, we're going to be at the event. I'm super excited. Uh, we're going to be representing Amelia's 1931, and we're doing oh, a okay. shrimp jambalaya croqueta. Oh, see. I'm allergic to shrimp, but I want to eat But it, we're so going to have Isla Canaria ham ones. Oh, so. I, thought you, I thought she was going to say, we're going to have Isla Canaria EpiPens. <laughs> I, <was> gonna, <laughs> I, I, I think it's worth taking the EpiPen, just having the shrimp croqueta, <laughs> and just, you know what, dealing with the consequences later. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's probably not a good idea to do a shrimp croqueta. No, 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 it's fine. Public place. You can have one. Yeah, I'll, have, I'll have yours. Yeah, exactly. So, actually, one of the things I want to talk to you about um is in terms of the whole food scene. Because I feel that in the last, like, 10 years, 
not only in Miami but throughout the country, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you've seen a lot more of these like independent restaurants, like farm to table, like sourced. Like we know exactly where the food is coming from. How would you explain that that happened? Like because I feel that 10 years ago or, or more it was so about like the chain restaurants and the upscale restaurants and now it's like a completely different ball game I just think things have just become so chef driven like it's not so much about the restaurant it's about who's in the kitchen making your food mm-hmm. and I think people started caring about that when like Michelle Bernstein opened um, her restaurant in Midtown that I just blanked out the name on give me a second do you guys remember this no, no, I love it was Michelle Bernstein. Ta- it was a tapas. Oh my god, she's gonna kill me. Oh, uh, Senora Martinez. Okay. okay, when she opened Senora Martinez, um, I was in high school still, and that to me was like it was so weird to see a chef's face in front of a Miami restaurant. I was so used to eat, eating at chain restaurants my whole life, and so I think she kind of started this new thing. Not that chefs weren't important before or anything like that, but I think at least in Miami, there weren't any like chefs that you would like name drop. Now there's right. too many to name. Mm-hmm where there it's a chef driven restaurant where the chef is the one ca- calling the shots it's not an investor with a lot of money doing whatever he wants no it's the chef saying this is what we're serving tonight these are the cocktails we're going to pair it with so i think it had to do with the whole movement of chefs being rock stars mm-hmm. you know okay. which i'm so happy happened because i hate chain restaurants and that's why people always ask me will you will you make finca a chain i'm like absolutely not number one no one can replicate this monster Number two, I won't have the freedom that I have. Like, if I walked in today and I said, yesterday, I made up a sandwich with my sous chef. And it was like, I ate it, and I was like, this is the best sandwich. I'm like, we're going to feature this this weekend. If I was a chain restaurant, I wouldn't be able to do that. Sure. So, you know, our, our fish companies call us and say, hey, we have this great loin. You want to try it out? Yeah, send me 10 pounds. We come up with a special on the spot. Mm-hmm. You know, the freedom and the... the yeah, the freedom I, I have, the freedom that my sous chef has and my executive chef has to really create whatever they want on the spot is something that I would never replace. So that's my take on Do you think that the whole celebrity rock star, as you said, uh, chef rock star, do you think that has anything to do with like the Food Network? And- Absolutely, yeah. I think everyone... I, I see it all the time with kids that apply, or I don't want to say kids, but younger adults that apply at the restaurant, like, oh, you know, I want to be the next Gordon Ramsay or I want to be the next Anthony Bourdain. I'm like, all right, so where have you worked? They're like, oh, no, I just watch a lot of Food Network. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that doesn't tell me anything. Like, let me see you chop an onion. And they're like, they don't know what they're doing. So I think it's a double-edged sword because I think now everyone thinks because they watch the Food Network, they can be a chef. Mm-hmm. And then the second they get behind the line and they're cutting themselves and burning themselves and they've got scars down their arms, then they're like, oh, you know what? Uh, never mind. <laughs> uh, oh, I don't know. We're going to office. <laughs> but do you also think that the Food Network or, or the interest in... in the interest or, or showing the presentation of, of food and recipes, do you think that that's elevated the consumer's, like, palate in a bit? Because now people talk about truffles right, and things absolutely. like that. Which no, it's, that's why I say a double-edged sword because we're getting – people are educated now. Yeah. Um, and they're not scared to try things because they'll see Andrew Zimmer and, and they'll say, wow, he had cow heart. Let, you have cow heart tacos? Okay, <laughs> I want to try it now because he tried it. Yeah. So people, I think, are more um, willing to try different things. So – but. That's why I say double-edged sword, but also people who are interested in cooking just think that by watching these shows, they're going to become the next celebrity chef. Right, right. And it's not about becoming the next celebrity chef. It's about opening a restaurant, making good food. You know, you can get lucky. You can get lucky and become, not have a restaurant, not work your way up and be and have your own show. Awesome. Those are called actors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you can also work your way up and, you know, 
blood, sweat, and tears every day with your staff. So it's a difference. It's, it's a different mindset. Just but I, lo- I love what you said in terms of like Miami chefs because I remember um, maybe it was like 10, 12 years ago when Emeril opened up at the what is that the, the Lowe's, Lowe's? Yeah. Was, yeah I mean I loved Emeril when he was on Food Network but I mean Emeril's very Cajun he's very mm-hmm. New Orleans so I often thought like that's not really representative of Miami and right. like somebody comes to Emeril's at the Lowe's yeah it's great but is that really like Miami you know no it's not Miami at all but I mean he's not from he didn't live in Miami, so right. I think uh, the people who they didn't have to necessarily be from here, but the people who lived here and kind of understood Miami food. Which what is Miami food? It's that's a good it, question. What is Miami what is food? Miami food? I mean, I want to say Cuban, but that's so biased. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think it's more of like tropical fruits. I think it's mixing in a little bit of Latin culture and American culture together. Not necessarily Cuban, um, but if I had to pick like a meal, like a Miami meal. I feel like it would be something with like a mango smoothie mm. and aguacate for sure, because everyone loves avocado. Yeah. It's not a Cuban thing. No, um, I don't know. I'm gonna get back to. You. I'm gonna think of like the perfect Miami, <laughs> per- perfect Miami dish. But um, best part about that is you know that she's gonna think it over and put it on her menu. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect Miami. Miami we'll go taste it. We'll go taste it. I was talking to this. Um, I was talking to a few people about this other Like, what is Miami? What is Miami food? And I know that um, Michael Schwartz opened up a new restaurant, Paraiso. Mm-hmm. I believe it's called. Um, and I'm going to double check that because I want to make sure that's right. And someone told me that menu is Miami. So I'm dying to go check it out because I haven't I haven't been able to check it out. But I heard that is Miami. And that's the only chef right now doing a Miami menu. Cool. So, I mean, it's highlighting what grows best here. And mm-hmm. fruits, avocado. Yeah. So, speaking of Miami. Now, we mentioned Food Network. You were, if memory serves right, you were on an episode of Chopped. I was. Sorry, guys. And I will say, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way. No. At that point when I saw the episode, I had no idea who you I didn't know who you were. I didn't know what you looked like. But the minute you opened your mouth, I was oh like, oh, my gosh. That girl's from Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know that girl's from Miami. And then that was before they said your name, before they said your Miami. Sh- you nothing. And I was like, when they put the little bug on the bottom, right. I was like, yeah, you're Rosario. <laughs> I'm like, I know she's from Miami. I know. I, I'm, I'm proud of my accent, but we all have how it. do I get rid of it? How do we get rid of it? You know what? I've learned to embrace it. Because I'm going to listen back to this and I'm going to be like, oh my God, I sound like such a chonga. Actually, you know what? Yours isn't even that no, bad. It's yours, not. Yours is, uh, Martha Miami, we love you. <laughs> Martha is like Miami, yeah. like 100% yeah. Miami. Like she's like the bar. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not pronounced, pronounced, but being from here. Right, you I pick it up. You pick it up. And I was like, I know that girl. She's from Miami. She's got to be from Miami. And then we're said Have you ever like, lived anywhere outside of Miami, like, no, long term? No, I I say this all the time. Um, so, our listeners, you're going to get the story once again. I went to school up in the Midwest, and people would ask me, where are you from? Because, like, they can't place our accent. Yeah. And that's, you know, I was, like, 23, 24 when I was up in the Midwest. That is when I realized that we have an accent from Miami, the same way that yep. people from New York have an accent. In Texas, Boston, what, yeah. the people are more used to hearing those accents, right? Right. Yeah. Are, you can pick not, them up. We're not like a popular accent, if you yeah. will, but I think it also has to do with the cadence, the rhythm of how we speak. We speak in a, Hispa- a Spanish rhythm, but with English words, right. 
and it, it they don't know what to make of it. They and don't for, know how forget to Spanglish. Spanglish blows the mind of, of people are <laughs> the back and forth. So, um, what would you say, like, in, in ter- especially locally, are like chefs that you look up to that kind of blow your socks off? Um, I don't follow a lot of like celebrity chefs. I'll be honest. I don't watch Food Network. Actually, now you brought up Chopped. I had never watched Chopped until the day before I flew to New York to be on so, Chopped. So how did you wind up there? They called <laughs> me, and I went through a series of interviews, and I was approved, and I was oh, like, okay. all right, I guess I'm going. And then I guess I was so scared to watch it that my ex-girlfriend, my girlfriend at the time was like, you really should watch the show before you go. Like, and you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. And when I turned on the TV and I saw it, I was like, oh. Crap. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what? You did great. And you looked really self assured. You didn't look nervous. You looked fine. So, yeah, I mean, whatever. It's fine. I would <laughs> say things have worked out very well for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you came out of it okay on the I, other it end. It was yeah. like, it was actually. I was happy with the outcome because right. I hate desserts and I'm really bad at making them. I don't, I don't, I don't have a sweet tooth and I don't understand like having specific measurements for things because I kind okay. of do everything out of local, and. I was kind of glad that I didn't have to because I felt like I would totally bomb the dessert. At least, like, I got kicked off because I forgot an ingredient and my brain is fried. But right. not because I, like... Didn't taste did, bad. Right. It wasn't right, right. So I was okay with that. But going back to my people I look up to. So Michelle Bernstein, for sure. Um, I think she's, like, the mother of chefs over I here. Love her. I mean, Michelle she's, Bernstein, please come on our show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. She should. She's amazing. She's got a heart of gold. Um, she works really hard. She's made a huge name for herself. She's made a huge name for Miami. Yeah. Uh, I think we have to thank her a lot for everything she's done and put in, putting Miami on the map as far as good food goes. And um, besides her, I mean, I don't want to be biased and say I only follow like female chefs, but they're the ones that I guess I hang out with the most. Um I'm blanking out right now. You're gonna, you're gonna edit this, right? We might. Yeah. We might not. I don't know. There's a there's so many uh, Chef Adrian, honestly, and I bring her up probably in almost every interview. Like she probably thinks I'm in love with her. I'm not in love with you, Adrian. I love you, but I'm not in love with you. Um, I just respect people who work hard. So that girl is one of the hardest working chefs I've ever met. Um, have you been to her restaurant? I absolutely love her restaurant. Okay. It's one of my favorite restaurants. Yeah, she. She makes great steaks. She makes great food. Everything tastes spot on. Everything is consistent. Um, I I love what she does, and I love her work ethic. And that's, for me, like the most respectable thing when you actually see the chef in there. Or, you know, maybe it's not even like cooking each dish, but at least in the kitchen watching or in the restaurant watching over things. Because a lot of times you go to restaurants and the chefs aren't even there or the owners yeah. aren't even there. But that makes sense. That's what you grew up that's, watching. That, right. That's it, another restaurant that's like... On the other side of the world, right? But, but always slammed. Yeah, but but it's one of the few, if not the only, like fine dining, like right. chef-driven re- restaurant in that area. Yeah, um, and then people that I love their food. I mean, Giorgio um, from Eating House, uh, Caesar oh, from oh, Fukuoka. That's like a block away from where oh, I live. Oh wow, really? Eating House. Well, but- I just want to say I beat Giorgio and Caesar at a pizza competition last week and I haven't been able to rub it in their face yet so this is me rubbing it in their okay, face. Okay, this is the official rubbing face. <laughs> and you know what? I'll walk by and I'll just be like, Eileen says, suck it. And then no. just keep going. No, they're my, they're my friends. I love <laughs> them. That truffle uh, Benedict they have, oh my God. They changed the menu. Oh, they did? Oh. They changed the menu. No, no, the dinner menu. They changed oh, it this okay. week. They added some new thing. Literally, it was there like last Wednesday. That's awesome. <clears throat> so. Have you been to the new place by the park? Um, man, I don't know what's wrong with my brain today. I'm like blanking out on everything. <laughs> Uh, his new spot. Well, oh I God. can tell you no. I haven't been to his okay, new spot. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. 
But uh, I will. I'll remember <laughs> in a second. I like literally, I think um, I came from the West Coast a couple days ago. So I my hours are completely off. <laughs> I woke up today so tired. I never wake up like that. And I was I did an interview earlier today. And I'm like, I'm going to suck at this interview. because She's my still brain, in L.A. Yeah, <laughs> my brain is still in <laughs> Portland right now, Portland. which is like scary. Oh, you're going to need to tell me. I'm actually going to Portland in a, in a couple of weeks. Oh, September, I'll give you all so the best So I need to have places. some good places to eat. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Glass and Vine. You see, it comes back. Glass and Vine is uh, Georgia's newest place. It's really, really nice. It's in the Grove. So if you get a chance, check that out. It's cute for brunch. It's next to the park. You can take your kids while you're eating. Your kids can be playing in the park. You can take your dog. Open, like, concept. Very cool. I'm just curious. What are your, in your restaurant, in Finca, what are your some of your favorite dishes? So I get this question asked every day. Um... It depends on my mood, honestly, because sometimes I want something like really hearty. Something sometimes I want something really light. Um, for the most part, if I have to name like my top three, is probably like the Korean fried chicken. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, the brisket, the smoked brisket with boniato mash, delicious. Our bison burger is actually really good. I don't know. I'm not a burger person, but that's probably one of the only burgers I'd ever eat. Uh, we just added a new spicy chicken fried rice. It's called the duck galbi fried mm-hmm. rice. And it comes with queso frito inside. Oh. It'll blow your mind. It has like maduros, chicken, queso frito. It comes with like a little slaw on top, an Asian, um, sorry, a Haitian slaw. So it's a little bit spicy, but nice and refreshing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably my new favorite dish. And then we have a watercress arugula salad, which is like random, but it has <laughs> a delicious lemongrass vinaigrette that I'm obsessed with and mm-hmm. I put on everything. Um, so yeah, those are probably my top. Ones and our pizzas are great. Our fried rices are I love super the, popular. Um, Rabo encendido. Yeah. Eh, gnocchi. Eh, we took it off the menu. I'm sorry. <gasps> that always happens. My, <laughs> no, no, every single time he likes something on a menu, they take it it's off. Gone. I feel like that happens to me too. But we received a little bit of hate mail after that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like people were freaking out when we yeah, took off that gnocchi. Well, like every comment card was like, "Bring back the gnocchi." You know what else I love about finca, and I feel like kind of guilty for liking it so much because it's like one of your simpler dishes. But it's definitely one of those cases where the sum is more than its parts. Don't tell me the bibimbap. No, no, okay. the that's really good. Though. The black bean hummus. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god, I love it, and it's something you know, it's simple. It's black bean hummus, but I'm no, like, but it's delicious. It's, it's so good. So, so our flavorful. executive chef is Israeli, so he's the one who came up with that recipe. That's why it's like super authentic. Yeah. But um, that there, so there's some like menu items that I feel like people would be not scared to try, but they'd be like, why the hell would I order that here? Which that's one, and then the brisket ravioli. I don't know if you ever had that. It's a uh, brisket ravioli, but made with wontons instead mm-hmm. of like pasta. And it's in a mango cheese sauce. Oh, my God. She said mango cheese and sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get married? Just, I mean, I, I'll do everything. Just bring home the, the mango cheese and sauce. Yeah, just bring home different takeout every night. That's you know what? I was, like, really heartbroken that you took off the gnocchi. But now you may have found a replacement. So there you go. I went from a low to a high. See, that's the thing. I take away things, but then I bring something better. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Okay. It's, it's evolution. Evolution. So. Because just imagine eating at the same restaurant for four years that's and, like, wanting to try people. Because there's some people who eat the same thing every time. But there's other people who want to come and try everything. So mm-hmm. I kind of have to give those people something yeah. new every time they come. So Yeah. Yeah. So, bueno. I just want to go eat. I mean, now I, I'm kind of like blanked out. Like, I'm yeah, like, I, I, I have been, nothing. I want to apologize to everybody that I forgot their names and the names of the restaurants. It's been a long week. No, but we're we're actually very um, 
humbled and, and happy that you were able to come yes. on because yeah. you, you I mean you're a very very busy woman and you know you came in our little podcast and as and we not for anything but we have the same way that you respect people who work hard to get to where they are we have nothing but the utmost respect for you for the exact same reason because we know like we said earlier you could have very easily coasted on yeah I'll just work there and keep that going but you set out to make a name for yourself and you have I, I'm gonna go ahead again humble brag for you <laughs> I feel more than succeeded in doing that and yeah. thank you you've only begun yeah. I think there's just so much more that you're gonna do and I'm just loving the fact that we're totally going to be there to see it. <laughs> Thank you. And you I made, hope so. You made Miami proud because, yeah, like, you really do. Thank you, 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 you did something on your on your own. I mean, this this is your creation, and it's a staple. I mean, it's it's. I mean, I don't want to say on my own. My parents helped a lot. I mean, they're they've been doing this for so long, so they were kind of there every step of the way to guide me. So there were people yeah. there were people guiding me, but fair enough. But we interviewed uh, Elena Maria Garcia, who started the the show at the Arch Center now and before we even started one of the things that she told us when we were talking to her and you know she's also self-made and whatever um, you know she said I'm, I'm just glad you guys did it because our people meaning Cubans tend to do a lot of this a lot of talking mm-hmm. and then they don't do thing something you did something right so that's definitely something that needs to be commended respected admired and just touted and you did something rooftops. delicious thank you <laughs> Yeah. I feed people's bellies yeah. <laughs> and get people drunk. <laughs> What's not to love? <laughs> so, Eileen, thank you so much yes. for being on Pero Let Me Tell You. We can't thank you enough. Thank, thank you. you for having me. This is super yes. fun. Can't wait to see you again on Croqueta Palooza. Yeah, Croqueta. Yes. Oh my gosh, there's going to be so many croquetas. I'm going to be in a croqueta yeah. coma. Yeah. When this runs, it'll actually be the day after because this premiere will premiere on a Friday and it'll be that Saturday. Oh, perfect. So, I'll go make croqueta mañana. <laughs> so thank you, Eileen. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, hope you guys enjoyed that awesome, awesome interview. And actually, like we said earlier, we're so looking forward to hanging out with her again tomorrow at the Croqueta Palooza. Yeah. Like, she was great. She was great. I can't wait to see what she's wearing. Oh well, she looks so. She, I mean, I'm not because she's a girl, but she was just dressed so cute. Like I just loved all her accessories. Well, maybe she's gonna be in like her chef attire because you know she'll still look adorable. Yeah, she she yeah. will. She's petite. You know? <laughs> No, but um, she was. It was a great interview. We had yeah. a great time with her, and you know, again, if you um, are in Miami or in the South Florida region uh, uh, area, yeah. um, you probably have heard about Finca. You've been to Finca. If you haven't, I don't know. Yeah, have you been, been under you a can't rock? Sit with us. And if you're coming down to South Florida, make sure to check Finca or Amelia's out. It's yeah. or Isla Canaria. I mean, yeah. it's her family's. Yeah. So, but as we discussed in the interview, the thing about Finca is Finca is definitely one of those places that sure you go have food, dinner, lunch, whatever, yeah, and the food is great. But it's the ambiance, and ambience. and you could spend hours there. You know, at the bar, having a drink, just hanging out, and not a lot of restaurants can do that. And what I really like about Finca is that it's not pretentious, which you know, as I we hope know, that came across because the interview as we know. Here in Miami, you know, there's a lot of very pretentious places that it's all about being seen. And I don't know what you're talking that. about. <laughs> and it's very, I mean, it really is very laid back. You feel very comfortable. And, yeah. you know, there's, I mean, there's a lot of places you could do to go to do that. But there's not a lot of places where you feel so comfortable. Yes. And you don't have to have your kind of card. Up. I mean, that's yeah. that's what I love. But don't take off your shoes. Don't get that. Bueno, no, tampoco no. Yeah. No, yeah. porque entonces vas a hacer, you know, whatever. You don't want to be patasucia. Patasucia. So, yeah. bueno. It's about that time that to time. break all the rhythm and the rhyme. Oh. You got, I got mine. You got yours. I want to see sweat coming out your pores. <laughs> uh, there we and go. That's why we need a soda. Okay. All right, Marky Mark. Sweating. We're 
is the funky bunch nowadays? Hmm. Well, you know, maybe it's like a bunch of grapes. Maybe, maybe they're, they're hanging out with the party. Oh, I love the party. Speaking of guilty pleasures. Wow. <laughs> I love the party. Wow. I do. Do you remember um, the party machine with Nia Peebles? Of course I do. <laughs> okay, whoever's <laughs> listening right now that remembers the party machine by Nia Peebles, please, please contact us. DM us. Yeah, yeah, leave a comment, whatever. Let You're awesome know. if you remember that. But uh, anyway. She actually playing one of the moms on Pretty Little Liars. Oh, she is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah people's well good for her yeah, hey. um bueno it's refreshment time it is refreshment and i know time. who i'm gonna get my last coat to go i'm gonna go it. first bueno my last soda goes to seth the burger beast Ooh, yay we i'm gonna tell seth. you why he's been extremely supportive of us and he's yeah. turned out to be a great friend and you know we've said it here on the podcast before you know when we started out it was just you and i and we were like, well, let's... We know two people will listen, you and I. You and I, and maybe a few of our family members. And, you know, obviously, when anytime you start something new, trying to get support is very difficult. And from the beginning of our podcast, Ish and I always had kind of imagined that we wanted the show to kind of evolve a bit into, like, an interview. Mm-hmm. A uh, chat show. A chat show where we profile different people. And, you know, he was one of the first people that... I mean, he's quite the influencer. He has tens of thousands of followers and social media he is you know he, we reached out to him when we yeah. were nothing and he was very gracious he gave us an interview we had the interview at the burger museum which actually turned out to be one of our highest uh rated um uh, episodes Listen. and you know he's become a very big supporter of us and at the croqueta palooza um which is tomorrow that's a really big event here in miami and he was yeah. gracious enough to not only invite us and give us tickets for us to give to our listeners but we're going to be you know the referees of the participating at the, <laughs> the isla canaria croqueta eating contest yes and he's been very supportive of us and i really would like to give him you know the last coke of the desert because he he's really helped us out and he He's, you know, he's believed in us. So thank you, Seth. And, you know, and also I I would like to also extend it to a few other people who who I've said that throughout, you know, our trajectory here. They've been very supportive of us, you know, from Martha of Miami to Martha Darby to um, our first um, Us Us The Wonders. Wonders, Hope you guys are having a good time traveling again. To Fresher. Well, Fresher Fresh is coming up soon. Coming up, yeah. Um, I mean, we've had a lot of guests. that Chat Chow, Eileen. Eileen. Yeah, uh, now Eileen. You know, we've had a lot of guests of people that are very busy with their lives and, you know, doing what they do. And they've had, you know, they've given us time to come here and sit with us. So thank you to them, too. But... You know, because this is Croqueta Palooza. And, and you know what? A big, a big not, a big gasless Coke to those influencers that we've reached out to. Y se creen que son, ellos se creen que son la última Coca-Cola del desierto. Ellos. And don't even respond to our DMs or whatever. Whatever. Boo you. But, but yes, Seth, thank you so much for being great to us. Um, you know, we love you. And um, we're really excited about stuffing our face with Croquetas. Yes, yes. And tomorrow. I, I echo all that, but... Um... Damn it, now my last Coke's gonna sound stupid. <laughs> Is it to Laura Leon? It should be. She gets like an honor. No, she gets a like, I don't know, a Coke with lime. Ay, papacito. Ay, papacito, molocotón. <laughs> it doesn't go to Laura Leon, but maybe one day it will. Actually, it goes to this Welsh singer. He's a, a singer, producer, Ay, DJ. Mio. I don't know his real name, but his performing name is called Bright Light, Bright Light. And I just discovered his 2016 album called Choreography. And it's mm-hmm. funny because we're talking about Guilty Pleasures. The album, first of all, he loves all things 80s because his name, Bright Light, Bright Light, comes from the Gremlins. 
Oh, yes. Because, you know, really, really. Yeah. The album choreography, he was inspired by all these movies from the 80s, like mm-hmm. Mannequin, Flashdance, mm-hmm. to basically take those movies and turn them into a sound. Mm-hmm. When you listen to this album, again, choreography by Bright Light, Bright Light, from beginning to end, it sounds like... It doesn't sound influenced. It doesn't sound like an homage. It sounds like it was lifted from the opening montages of several 80s And I'm not talking like, you know, the timeless, like Top mm-hmm. Gun. No, no, no. I'm talking like, you know, Summer School. What's his name again? Mannequin. It, bright Light, Bright Light. Bright Light, Bright Light. And he was actually the first unsigned artist to perform on Graham Norton. And he's... Oh, he's, we love Graham Norton. We love Graham Norton. And he's actually done a duet with Elton John and with Jake Shears from the Scissor Sisters. So, I mean, he's, you know, he's been around and... So I discovered him this week, <laughs> and I just wanted to get the word out there because it's, again, in the interest of guilty pleasures and just having fun, I think it's a fantastic album, and everybody should you know, go out and <laughs> you enjoy it. You know what's so funny? I'm looking him up here on my phone, Brightline, Brightline, and the Brightline came up. <laughs> with the Brightline, who's also, also been very supportive yes, of our podcast, you guys, yeah. the yeah. Brightline came up. Which is our clearly, public clearly transportation. Our phones know all the shit we've been looking up and who we've been working with. But I, I can't recommend Bright Light, Bright Light enough. Um, again, it's just, it's fun. And sometimes I think when we hear things that are fun and, and quote unquote, you know, fluffy, we think of them as throwaway. Yes. And that's not always the case because ultimately everything that's created does have hard work behind it. Of course. Of course. So, that's, you, you know, know, that's awesome. Wow. I uh, think I uh, gave to TMI on uh, this uh, podcast. Not even. That's what we do. That we share with our listeners. They love it. That's why they love us. That's why they keep coming back every week. Uh, well, clearly. Anyway. Like Vanessa Williams. What? Save the best for last? Not Chico. Running back. Running back oh. to you. Oh. Well, I was thinking, you know. I oh, know, but she said, she said, I won't come running back. Okay, never mind. <laughs> disavow okay anyway on that note everybody this has been a fun episode yes and we uh hope you listen laugh and learn and as always remember to grab your croqueta your pastelita and your jupina and thank you so much for listening and if you guys are at croqueta palooza tomorrow dude look for us say hi you won't miss us well i mean because he's like eight feet tall and long hair yeah we're gonna be wearing referee shirts too. yes i'm gonna look like a wrestler Okay. My dad says I look like a hybrid between a personal trainer and a wrestler. And I'm like, I'll take it. There are worse things to look like a there, hybrid. Yeah, of. yeah, there are worse you things. You look like a hummingbird and a chinchilla. That's not pretty. No. <laughs> anyway, everybody, thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you later. All Bye. right, kids. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.